Thanks for downloading this week's Revolution Community Church podcast. We hope you are challenged by this talk and will share it with your family and friends. If this is your first encounter with Revolution, we hope you'll come and visit us at our Logansport campus, located at 3324 East Market Street, or check us out online at revolutioncc.org. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode at Revolution. We imagine 320. God, I know you give grace to the humble, so I ask you, God, to do a deep work in my heart and break me. Break me of my pride. Break me of my selfishness. Break me of anything that keeps me from knowing you. As hard as it is to ask God, do whatever it takes to break me. How you guys doing? I know, yeah. It's, it's quieter, this one. You guys are like ready for nap time already. Come on. Um, well, uh, my name is Julie, if we haven't had the opportunity to meet. And um, my family and I are involved at Revolution in a variety of ways. And sometimes that looks like uh, speaking on Sunday mornings. And it's a, it's a privilege and it's an honor. Um, and so I just want to thank you for showing up this morning to celebrate Mother's Day here with us and to kick off our bold prayers series. And I'm really excited for this series, not because I think it's going to be easy. In fact, I think it's going to be really not easy. (laughs) I think it's going to be really hard, but I'm really excited about the impact that this series can have if we take it seriously and we begin to pray bold prayers, which is exactly what we did. If you were here last Sunday for our Imagine 320 Sunday, um, at the very end, Anthony challenged us to pray bold prayers. And as Grace said, that's what these are. All of these cards here and out there in the town, they represent hundreds of our bold prayers. Prayers that are covering marriages, marriages that are struggling. Prayers that are covering kids and family members that have walked away from Jesus or who haven't chose to follow Jesus at all yet. We're praying for them. Prayers that cover our community and the problems that we're facing. There's prayers for our church, for our leaders, for our staff. There are really bold prayers. There's even one that says, Jesus, I give you my life. That is a bold prayer. And I believe that as we continue to pray these bold prayers, that God will answer them. Those marriages that are struggling right now, that as as those couples choose to set their selfish desires aside and serve God, I believe he's going to restore those marriages. For those kids that have walked away from Jesus as we parents cry out for God's wisdom, or maybe even just those kids that we're raising up, they haven't walked away because they don't know yet, you know, our littles. As we pray for God's wisdom to raise them, he'll answer. And on and on, these bold prayers, I believe that God will answer them. Because bold prayers are hard, right? Bold prayers can be scary. Um, I'd much rather pray a safe prayer. I'd much rather pray a basic prayer than to to step out and pray a bold prayer. I think of my son when I think of safe prayer. So we have a six-year-old, and from the time we asked him to start praying, he's prayed a very routine prayer that I would consider very safe. And it's, it's, dear Jesus, thank you for this food and this family. May you bless us. Amen. And I kid you not, as we sat down to lunch yesterday, that's exactly what he prayed. (laughs) Exactly. And I, I don't think you can get much more safe than that. Now, to his credit, His prayers are growing a little deeper than that um, as his faith grows. But but that's a safe prayer, and I don't blame him. 
we all tend to pray safe prayers, right? Because they just kind of get to the surface. They're, we mean them. They're intended. We want to see God work. We want to see God move. But we kind of stay on the surface of ourselves or the surface of our circumstance. But I believe it's the bold prayers that in the end will result in the most change and the most transformation and the most growth. And so that's why we have to talk about bold prayers. And that's exactly what we're going to be doing over the next three weeks. We're going to pray three very specific, very bold prayers. Break me, search me, send me. They're short and sweet, but they might not be sweet in the midst of the process. Lisa Turkos, um, an author and a teacher that I like to listen to, she has a quote that says, the reality is my prayers don't change God, but I'm convinced prayer changes me. Praying boldly boots me out of the stale place of religious habit into authentic connection with God himself. And that's why we're going to be focusing on bold prayers, because we want to move in to that authentic connection with God. And if you feel like you're already there, let me just challenge you. There is always more moving into that connection to be done. So before we jump into today's prayer, that's exactly what I want to do. So let's just take a moment to just connect with God and ask him to be here this morning. God, I do thank you. God, I know that you are already all over this and in our hearts and working and moving. And I pray that... um, God, that as I speak, that your spirit would just be in this place. God, that you would break our hearts and open our minds for for the, the message that you have for us this morning, God. We love you, and we thank you, and just be with us here today as we, as we jump in. In Jesus' name, amen. So before we go into break me, let's just talk about prayer real quick, because sometimes... We got we to gotta know what we're dealing with. So as I said, I've, I've got little kiddos. I've got a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a 17-month-old. So at our house, we like to keep things simple. Even though they like to ask why and why and why and why, we like to keep it as simple as possible. So if you ask my littles what prayer is, their answer will be talking to God. Okay? So if we go by that definition, talking to God, how many people in here have prayed? Okay. A fair amount of us, right? Talking to God is easy. We can, we can do that. Some of us probably pray prayers of thanks, like, thank you, God, for your blessings. Thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for my mom. You should all be praying that prayer today, right? Some of us pray prayers of petition, where we're asking God for things, like, God, I just need help uh, with raising my kids, or God, I need help paying this bill this month, right? Prayers of petition, we're asking him to do things for us or do things in us, maybe. Some of us are accustomed to praying prayers of praise, where we just get to celebrate who God is regardless of what he's doing for me or in me, right? Prayer is normal. Prayer is something we do. Even if you're not a follower of Jesus here this morning, chances are you've prayed. Barna Research Group did a study, and they showed that 79% of American adults have prayed in the last three months. It's what we do. We talk to God. Another um, simple definition of prayer is communication with God. Maybe some people call it a conversation, and I like this because it implies back and forth. It involves talking and listening, and it should involve talking and listening, although I admit I do a lot more of the talking than the listening. Because the listening or the hearing from God, I think, is where we kind of tend to get stuck. You know, did I really hear? It gets sketchier. How do I know that was God? The discernment of hearing from God is more difficult. And so maybe that's the point where we wonder, man, is my prayer even effective? Like, does it even work? 
One take I read on prayer this week said, at its root, prayer is simply paying attention to God. Paying attention to God. And I like that one because it implies more than just talking and listening. It could involve observing. It could involve reading scripture, which is God talking to us. We don't always see it that way, but that's God speaking to us through his word. It could involve just that mindset of Jesus is here. So this isn't a it just so happened moment or a coincidence, but this is God working. Even though I'm not seeing him, even though I can't feel him in the room, I know he's here, and I know he's here because of the way things are happening and falling into place. More than anything, prayer puts us in a position to be changed. And change is exactly what we should expect when we begin to pray the bold prayer of break me. God, break me of the things that are keeping me from you. Break me of the sins and the struggles, God. Break me of the things that are good, but the things that I'm holding on to that are keeping me from growing in connection with you. I know this probably doesn't sound like the flowery Mother's Day message you were expecting today. Because this is the day where we celebrate women, mother or not, just women in general, who do so much and give so much. And we say, today's your day. Sit back and relax. Actually, I had one mom who said it wasn't any different. She's already made breakfast and done the vacuuming and stuff. Go you. I did not. Granola bars and out the door we went this morning. But this is typically the day where we celebrate and we say, you are good enough. You are doing good work. Take a break. Pat yourself on the back, right? That would have been a much more pleasant message to hear and to prepare for. But it's when we pray bold prayers that God does a deep work in us. I like safe prayers. And a safe prayer I've prayed often, maybe more times than God's even counting anymore, because I tend to pray it still, is, God, I want to be better. I want to be a better wife. I want to be a better mom. And there's nothing wrong with praying that prayer. I don't think it's a terrible prayer. God wants us to grow and to improve. But I think it's a safe prayer, much like my son's safe prayer, for a couple reasons. One, it assumes that I'm already good enough. It assumes that I've got a good base and I'm I'm strong and that really I don't need to change. I just need some updates. You know, kind of like a new iPhone. Like I just need need that, that new update, right? Which leads me into the second reason I think it's a safe prayer is because it doesn't invite God into my innermost being to transform me and change me and make me more connected to him. Maybe you can think of some safe prayers you've prayed before. Maybe, like me, you just want to improve. God, help me to be a better friend or help me to be a better employee. Help me to understand this better. Maybe, maybe God, I'm going into this meeting and it's going to be hard and I just need you to get me through it. God, please don't let so-and-so be there today. I just cannot handle that person. Safe prayers. And there's nothing bad with those. They're said with good intention. Maybe not the last one, but the others aren't terrible, right? But they're safe. And safe prayers will not move us into that authentic connection. And they will not invite God to do that deeper work. And that's what we need. There's a really awesome scripture that I believe explains this beautifully. It gives us this amazing picture of of what this looks like and what brokenness 
does in our lives and why it's so important. And it's in John 15. I'd love to read the entire chapter to you because it's such a great chapter. But for time and focus sake, I'm only going to read verses 1 through 8. So that's a really easy next step for you this week is to read John 15. There's no breaking involved or required. You just open your Bible and enjoy God speaking to you. Okay, so John 15. Um, but this is a pretty common scripture. And over the last few months, I've been reading it several times. And I just really see it as this call to brokenness. So I'm going to start in verse 1 through 8. Jesus is speaking and he says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes and he prunes every branch that does produce fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he's thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them in the fire, and they're burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done. My father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. I love this scripture because of who it explains that God is and who we are and our relationship with him. Right? So Jesus says, I am the vine, which makes my father the gardener, that's God, and we are the branches, right? Some people said it. And I can't hear you over the kids. We are the? Okay. And so our main job as a branch is to stay connected to the vine. So our main job is to be close to Jesus. And when we're close to Jesus, there's a promise that says, if you remain in me and my words in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. And I love verse eight. My father is glorified that you would produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. So when we stay close to Jesus, Our life shows that we follow Jesus. It happens. But that only happens through the process in verse 2. He prunes every branch that does produce fruit so that it will produce more fruit. And there it is. Our call to brokenness. Are there any gardeners in the room this morning? Okay, a few. You are way more qualified to explain this process than I, this next process than I am, because last year was the first year I even bought flowers for my house, and I went to this small country greenhouse, and the sweet lady's like, oh, what are you looking for? And my response was something to the effect of, I want big, bright flowers that are really hard to kill. (laughs) I know, you laugh, it's true, it's true. Ask my husband, because I don't pay attention to them. I don't pay attention to my flowers, but a true gardener does, and a true gardener knows that pruning is necessary for the plant. Pruning is essentially the breaking off or the cutting away of the dead flowers or the dead branches, or maybe not even dead, but the overgrown ones that are taking life from other branches. And you're like, that's well and good for a plant, but God prunes me? Yeah. God prunes us, and that sounds painful, right? That's the part our human heart wants to tend to avoid because pruning is painful. And I can almost see, like, you know, we're thinking, yeah, I know there are things that are keeping me from God. Like, I have these habits or these sins that, you know, I, instead of doing what I should be doing, I'm, you know, I'm choosing. And I, I can, God, break those off. Like, break off that habit of watching TV over spending time with my family or break, break that habit of whatever it is. 
that's keeping me from you. But there's good things in our life, too, things that we love and things that we know are good, but they're just not in this season for us. You know, like maybe there was a relationship that you thought was it, like that was going to end in marriage, and somehow it broke off, and you're like, God, that hurts. I didn't want to let go of that. Maybe there's a career that you were headed into, and all of a sudden that door is shut. And you're devastated because, why, God? Like, that was good. Like, I could have used that to glorify you. There's pain involved in pruning. And we don't like it, especially in this this instant gratification culture, because pruning takes time. And we don't want to spend time on things that are painful, things that bring up the junk in our life that we have to address before we can move on, right? And we can acknowledge the pain, and we can say it's there and, and, and say it hurts. I think acknowledging pain is important. Oftentimes, we want to hide it, and we want to not struggle with it. But we need to acknowledge that pain, just not focus on it. What we need to focus on is the value in the process. Because pruning is purposeful. It's painful, but it's purposeful. When you're gardening, your purpose with, with pruning this plant you know that your end result will be better. You know that as you take off the dead, it's going to bring more life to those that are living. And in the end, you're going to have a more beautiful plant, right? And God's pruning of us is intentional too. I take so much comfort in the fact that I am, like that song says, in the hand of a tender, caring gardener. He doesn't just take the shears and start knocking off branches because he wants to, because they don't look good. No. He knows where he wants us to be. He knows what our greater purpose is. And so he's removing the stuff carefully and tenderly that's getting in our way. He's doing it because as we go through that pruning process, we become stronger, more willing followers of Christ. I read it, uh, this commentary that put it really eloquently. It's not that he, meaning God, delights to produce pain. Not that he envies us and would rob us of our little comforts. It's that he may make us more pure and holy and thus promote our own best interests. God is pruning us to become like him. I remember a very specific prayer I prayed a couple years ago, and I'm still a little embarrassed to admit this, but I'm just trusting that God will use it. Um, I met this woman in a small group who I just was instantly drawn to. As she's speaking, she's just very genuine and she's fun to listen to. And as she speaks, she's just weaving scripture in and out of everything. And I'm like, that's so cool. And, and the thing is, like, it wasn't just that she was spouting off Bible verses. It's that she really believed it. And I could tell in her speech, like, Jesus was just oozing out of her. Have you ever met somebody like that? Or maybe, maybe it's not Jesus, but whatever they're passionate about is just flowing out of them. And I remember thinking, like, oh, you're so awesome, and you're so great, and this is just fantastic, and I love it. Because you could tell, you could see her fruit, in her speech, the way she loved Jesus. And I remember specifically as she's wrapping up uh, speaking, like, I'm like, wait, I'm not done. I want to keep listening to you. Like, you could just talk all day and I could listen. And some of you are either sitting there thinking one of two things. You're like, she is crazy. It wasn't creepy. It wasn't stalkerish, okay? Or you're thinking, I've been there. Like, I know somebody like that. And I remember praying, God, I want to be like her name. I want to love you like she does, and I want to know what she knows, and I want to be like her. 
that was a really safe prayer. Because that prayer was me trying to bypass everything that God wanted to do in me to make me more like him. And I just wanted to be like her because that seemed safe. And again, I'm embarrassed to admit, (laughs) I continued to pray that prayer because I had the opportunity to get to know her better through more small group interaction and one-on-one. And every time I was just left encouraged and full of, you know, like, yes, I can do that. I can be like her. God, make me like her. God, I want to be like her. And months, guys, months went by that I'm praying this safe prayer. And I don't remember exactly where I was or the date or anything specific, but I know I was praying, God, I want to be like her. And there was a shift in my spirit. And it came in the form of a question, and I really feel like it was totally God saying, why do you want to be like her when you can be like me? Why do you want to know what she knows when I am right here waiting to teach you everything about who I am and about the plan I have for you? Why do you want to sit at her feet when you can sit right here with me? My humbled response was something like, okay, let's do it that way. (laughs) And so I began to pray the bold prayers that really, when I prayed that safe prayer, I didn't know. I didn't have the words to pray the bold prayer that I began to pray of, God, make me like you. God, I want to know who you are. I want to fall in love with your word. I want to hear you speaking to me, and I want to do everything, every, every good work that you want me to do. I want to do it for you. And I can honestly say that because of that safe prayer and because of that shift, I'm in a position now where I am closer to God than I've ever been. And I do know more about him, and I'm falling in love with his scripture. And that's not to say that I get to read it for hours a day or even every day. I would love to. Sometimes my husband's like, hey, how are you doing? I'm like, I just want to run away and go read my Bible. <laughs> and that's not me. That's not to say, hey, look at me. That's to say, when you pray bold prayers, God responds. And when you pray safe prayers, God responds. Because I firmly believe that he answered my safe prayer of make me better. But he didn't just make me better. He led me to broken first. And it wasn't easy. That was my season of pruning. He was cutting out a lot of junk in me at that time. A lot of self-doubt. A lot of pride. A lot of selfishness. A lot of preconceived ideas about my relationship with him, my identity in him. There was purpose in that pruning. It being Mother's Day, um, this week my son gave me a Mother's Day card, and it started out great, and it ended in this humble reminder of my brokenness. It's really adorable. It's, he's got a little green handprint. There's a picture of it that's going to come up. And he, you know, cut out those paper flowers. It's so cute. And then he's got fill-in-the-blake statements about my mom. It says, my mom is silly. My mom can run. I can, but I don't. My mom has fun. And at this point, I'm standing there, and I was like, oh, I'm such a great mom. Like, he thinks I'm the coolest ever. And then I read the last line, my mom needs help. (laughs) And I'm standing in front of his kindergarten teacher, so I don't dare ask him what I need help with. I'm sure she's heard it all. 
But I was curious. So on the way out to the van, I said, hey, buddy, what does mommy need help with? And my six-year-old says, washing the dishes. Which is true, because if you come to my house, chances are there will be dirty dishes on the counter. I don't like doing them. But I took that as my reminder of brokenness, because I need help with way more than my dishes. I need Jesus to continually prune me. I need God to continually get the junk out. And funny fact, you guys get extra information than the first gathering because I learned something in between. Gardeners actually call this process cleaning. Same thing, it's taking it away. Sounds better though, right? Pruning, cutting, cleaning. I need Jesus, I need God to clean me out so that I can better know him and better make him known. Because the truth is we are all broken. We are all broken. We're broken one of two ways. We're either broken because of sin, whether it's our own sin or whether it's the effects of someone else's sin in our lives. We're broken under the weight of that. And we're the dead branches that get tossed off and thrown into the fire. Or we're broken because of God's tender and careful pruning. The difference is brokenness through sin leads to death. And brokenness through pruning leads to life. And that's why we can't just pray the safe, make me better prayers. Because going back to our tree illustration, that's like praying, God, I want more leaves and I want more fruit and I want to be a bigger, better, stronger branch. And they don't allow God to move in us and to change us. And it doesn't, in the end, result in what we really want. We have to pray that God break me prayers. Remove my dead sinfulness and bring new life. Because what we find in the end of that pruning is that our branch, our fruit, so our life is stronger and healthier and all the more beautiful because of the process that he's taken us through. And I can think of no better example of a break me prayer lived out than in Jesus, our Savior. He lived in constant prayer and communion with the gardener. And even though he was God, he could have said, look at me, look at my branches. I have the best fruit. Come, come to me. No. Philippians 2 says that he who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And it was in human likeness that Jesus felt the pain of pruning. He knew what would be required of him, and yet he prayed that bold prayer, you know, God, break me, not my will, but yours be done. And broken is exactly how he went to the cross and died my death. In Luke chapter 22, we can read an account of Jesus' final meal with his friends, with the people that had traveled with him, had ministered with him, had seen him as God, but had also experienced brokenness with him. In verse 19 and 20, he says, And he took the bread, He gave thanks, broke it, 
gave it to them and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Yes, the this is the act of taking communion, which as followers of Jesus, we're going to do in just a couple minutes. It's taking the bread and the juice and remembering Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, his broken life for us. But many biblical scholars also say that do this means more. Do this means live broken. And so we have to pray the bold prayer of God, break me. Prune me so that I can live like Jesus lived and love like Jesus loved. And so this morning the band's going to begin to play and we're going to take communion. And when you're ready, you can come out the sides and return to your seat down the middle. And I encourage you, I challenge you to begin to pray, break me, God. Before you take communion, whatever it is that's on your heart or on your mind, maybe you have a, God, break me of whatever that blank is, fill it in. Break me of my pride. God, break me of my fear. God, break me of my need to be wanted and loved by others. Begin to pray that break me prayer. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not, you're not ready to take communion. That's okay. You can still pray boldly. You can still pray, God, break me. Maybe you're like, nope, didn't convince me, Julie, not praying it. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Pray something. Pray, God, I need you. God, I want to want you to clean me to prune me. Pray a safe prayer. It's fine. Because our God is faithful. And he will hear our prayers. He will answer them.